0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So let me just say right out of the gate, it's it's almost impossible that I'm going to get everything correct today. And by correct, what I mean is there's been a lot of news and I'm probably going to miss something. I've been trying to keep up, but it's... You know, I see something flash across on Twitter, and I'm driving to my kids' karate and gymnastics, and it's like, okay, try to make a mental note, and then when you get there, take your phone out, save the tweet, and put it somewhere that you're going to remember when you do the podcast. So stuff is all over the place. Probably going to miss some stuff. So apologies, but I'm going to do the best I can. Obviously, the big news of the day is the... Trading of Josh Jackson to the Giants for Isaac Yadom. Yadom, I think I always called him Yadom, but it's like I feel like Yadom makes a heck of a lot more sense. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna roll with that and just see how it goes. But uh, before we get into that, one real quick thing that I wanted to kind of tease, not so much plug because nothing's official yet, but kind of tease just so you know. Um, you know, once in a while we kind of do giveaways on here. We had the Iron Jock. Occasionally, Jacob is giving away some of his stuff. We've got the Patreon thing where if we get 300 people um, buying tickets and then the new people get some give. So we do giveaways occasionally. Um, Jamal Adams and the Seahawks agreed to a four-year, $70 million extension. I thought that was a failed experiment, but uh, I guess you're happy with your failed experiment. That's fine. Jamal's a stud. I'm, I'm, he deserves the money. I'm just saying it, it feels like that was a bad decision and now you're doubling down on it. But anyways, why am I f- why do I feel like I'm talking about the Middle East? Um, we are in the process right now of working with an auction company that has a bunch of really cool Packers stuff, signed gear, signed rookie stuff, all the kinds of things that we tend to give away, signed pictures, signed balls, signed helmets, that kind of stuff. We're working with an auction company right now and pending any kind of implosion, we're going to have a partnership with them where, um, by me simply plugging it and hopefully you guys are going to sign up so they realize this is a great partnership, they're going to be doing uh, giveaways. I don't exactly want to mention how often, even though they did say, but it's going to be fairly regular, and the plan is for the duration of the entire NFL season. This is a a pretty big um, partnership. I'm very excited about it. Generally, I like to get money, not getting any money, but this is kind of cool because giveaways obviously can be very beneficial. It's great for you guys, but uh, just know that It's probably going to be to your benefit to be following me on Twitter, Pack underscore Daddy, to be following Cheese and Packers Facebook page, the Packernet Podcast Facebook page, be in the Facebook group, um, follow the Instagram, Packernet Podcast, those areas, right? I'm, I'm a little more active on some than others, but if you're there then I don't have to beg you to go there. So when we do giveaways, you know, you're already there. You already got it, got it, got it locked out. We're not exactly sure how we're going to work all that out. Again, nothing is officially official, but very, very excited about that. Uh, also, make sure you don't miss episodes because you miss one. That's the one where I'm like, we're giving away the coolest thing in the history of the universe. You better be listening. I hope you're listening today. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. You don't want that to happen. That would be sad. That would be a sad day. Anyways, getting into the news of the day uh, where to begin. So, you know, the, the, the cutdowns are coming down, so they got to make some moves. Uh, some of the things that they've done, Isaac Nauta, as well as DeAndre Tompkins, have been put on IR. The Packers also released tackle Zach Johnson, and they added Jake Dolegala, which I'm, I'm happy for him, but dude, I was also happy to not have to say his name or try to say his name all the time, and now he's back, and I got to I know that there's always like a smooth way to say it. Whenever it sounds dumb, like dolegala, you're saying it wrong. Almost every time there's it's like, they say it and it's smooth and it's like, oh yeah, I guess. I mean, it n- doesn't make a lot of sense, but it does because it's smooth. But I don't know how to make that smooth. Dolegala. I mean, dolegala is probably the the smoothest way to say it. Otherwise it's what? Dolegala? That's that's silly. I don't know. I don't know. I could call him Dolly. Jake Dole. Bob Dole's son, grandson probably, great-grandson, great-grandson, I don't know. Maybe Bob Dole is short for Bob Dolegola. Dolegala, Dolegola. I don't know, I don't get it, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do. Jakey D. So with all those moves, supposedly we were right at about 85, which is what we have to be by, I think, today. I think today was the cut down, you have to be to 85, so I think that they had done it at that point. And then um, they also apparently worked out quarterback Donald Hammond. But as Mr. J.J. Leahy pointed out, um, considering they signed Jakey D, and there's theoretically at 85, the workout probably just, you know, it was something that they tried. And they're like, no, nah, let's just bring back Jake. Now, I believe all of this is including, because it shouldn't have any impact on anything. It's not like we got rid of a guy and then brought him back. We just did a trade. So it shouldn't impact anything. But obviously the talk of the day, and let me make sure I didn't miss anybody else here, don't think so, is um, Josh Jackson for uh, Mr. Yadam. Now, I feel like everybody's pretty well caught up to speed on what we're dealing with here, but let me give you my perspective on it. Not that I know 100%, but it is my perspective on it. The Giants were planning on getting rid of Yadam. The Packers were planning on getting rid of Josh Jackson, I think with it, with both of these guys, or at least let's just say for the Packers, I don't know which way it went or if it went both ways or whatever, but the Packers are looking at this saying, are there any guys we want to get rid of that might have some value? Because some of these guys, obviously, you get rid of them. If you call and say, hey, what can you offer us for, you know, whoever, Dolegola, people are going to hang up the phone on you and say this guy's not being serious. But Josh Jackson, you know, lots of talent, and even like I was saying, you know, maybe you put them in a man scheme, you you scheme them up in a different spot, it might work out kind of well. So you try to find a team that's willing to take a flyer. And my guess is they were not getting basically any takers. They couldn't get like a conditional seventh round pick. And so what I think they worked out is they were talking to the Giants and the Giants are like, look, we got this guy that we're kind of trying to do the same thing with. He hasn't, you know, same situation, right? He's a cornerback, Isaac Yottam. Uh, Denver, I think it was, picked him in the third round three years ago. Has not panned out at all. We want to get rid of him, but we know that, you know, he was kind of... And and a lot of this isn't necessarily, and, and maybe it is, I don't know. It doesn't necessarily even have to be he showed something in the NFL. It could be... I mean, you know all these other teams scouted him. They know exactly who this person is. They put a lot of work into him. So it's kind of just trying to find that team that really wanted to get him and was like, ah, darn it, they got him. So it might be one of those things where Gutekunst and his staff were looking at Yadam, and they were like, I really like this guy. But, you know, you got Jair, you got Josh Jackson. Not going to follow that up with Yadam. Was that the same year? Am I sounding stupid right now? Yeah, so same year. So round one, we get Jair. Round two, we get Josh Jackson. Round three, uh, pick 99. It was a conditional pick. Denver gets Isaac Yatham. Now, maybe they weren't super high on him. I don't know. doesn't really matter. But the point is, you're just trying to find somebody that saw something in them in college. Maybe they saw something in the pros, but probably not, because these guys have been pretty terrible. And you think, let's take a flyer on them. Because you know, you know, when you spend that much time scouting guys and you see what they do in college, you see the potential, you see the upside. And a lot of these guys, and I've heard other coaches, GM, front office guys on podcasts or whatever, kind of talk about how you, you have a lot of trust, maybe too much in your your coaching staff, to where you say, I think my guys can coach these guys up. You kind of turn a blind eye to the experiment has failed and look to, I bet we're the ones that can make it work. Now also, they're not being ridiculous about it. This is just the best offer they're probably going to get. They're getting a flyer on a guy that was in the third round that you watched from Boston College. and You're like, yeah, you kind of looked... Decent, I guess. Let's give him a shot. Now, the the only thing, and I'll get to his grades in a minute, but the only thing that I would disagree with, I saw somebody I think in the Facebook group say, basically, we're trading our second round guy for their third round guy that's been a little bit better than our second round guy. I don't think that's true. I actually think Josh Jackson has been better than Yadam, just to give you an idea of how bad Yadam has been. Also, something else that I had hoped I was gonna find that I did not find, but for those of you that are thinking the same way I'm thinking. I had mentioned how Josh maybe would be better off in a man scheme, which, again, was not my initial thought because he played a lot of zone and played well and whatever. doesn't matter. But yesterday, or I keep doing that, Saturday, this last Saturday, again, he graded out really well in man, and he's a big physical guy. Maybe that's more going to be his speed. You just got to get him manned up on people. He's a little bit grabby, but whatever. It's still going to work to his strengths if he has any. So my thought was maybe the Giants are more of a man defense. And so Yadam doesn't fit that scheme, so you're hoping you bring him over to a heavy zone and you get that little switcheroo. Unfortunately, that is not the case. Now, Yadam is slightly better as a zone corner, but most corners are. And he's still a bad zone corner. And to top it all off, the Giants are a zone defense. In fact, Yadam played zone more so than most of our guys. I think King and Jair were a little bit more in terms of percentage of snaps, but the rest of our corners were, were more in man, which is not very often. So he's not changing things up. He's not going from a man scheme where he didn't fit to it. Now, that's not to say the scheme is, you know, man and zone is all there is. There's still more to it than that, but I, I'm, I'm kind of to the point where I don't think it's something that deep. I don't think it's so deep as with our certain system, Yadam, I think, would be a great fit. Maybe, but I just, again, I just think they're trying to get something in return, and they think there might be, might be something here. And so again, they're taking a flyer and he's still on his rookie deal. So it's, you know, you're not going out and paying a a veteran. You're getting him for dirt cheap. And in fact, because he was around later than Josh Jackson, we're actually saving like $355,000 or something to that effect for uh, within our salary cap. So we're saving some money. We're offloading Josh Jackson and we get a little bit of a barely a flyer in return. And again, he was a third-round pick for a reason, so you can go out and grab a ton of guys that are just sitting out there, but you're getting a lot of undrafted free agent type. With Yadam, even though he hasn't maybe graded out very well, you're you're just hoping that maybe there's something there. But again, I don't think the Packers expect really much of anything out of Yadam. They're hoping, and they're going to try it out, and they're going to see how it goes, but I don't think the expectation is we think this guy's going to be a good contributor. I just think it's the best offer they could get in a trade. And I honestly think the the Giants are in a similar situation, except for the part where I think they're a little bit more in need of corners, and so they're kind of hoping that Josh can maybe... They're a little more hopeful in Josh than we are maybe in Isaac. But uh, anyways, in his three years, so rookie year, 2018, Denver Broncos, 264 snaps. He didn't play all that often, but 54 overall grade, 50 tackling grade, which is not great. So, you know, when you... Can't tackle, and it's a liability that's unfortunate, but hey, at least if you can cover, well, he had a 55 coverage grade. He missed fifteen, almost 16% of all his tackles. He was targeted 34 times. 22 of those were caught for 259 yards. He gave up three touchdowns, had a pick, and a pass break This past year, or excuse me, two years ago with Denver, he actually went down a little bit to a 50.9 overall grade. His run defense was 49. His tackling was 43. His pass rush was a 56 and his coverage was a 52. He didn't do anything well. He missed 18.8% of his tackles, 39 receptions on 54 targets for 558 yards. Uh, No touchdowns against him, no interceptions and three pass breakups, which is not the worst. But last year with the Giants, was real bad. Now, and, he, and here's the thing, you might look at that and say, I'm willing to scrap last year because he went to a new system and it doesn't really pan out all that well. And on top of that, remember, Denver Broncos, Vic Fangio, when did Vic Fangio get there? 2019. If you look at Isaac Yadam as a rookie, he gave up three touchdowns. In his one year with Vic Fangio, he gave up zero touchdowns. That was also uh, double the amount of snaps he had in 2018. Then he goes to the Giants, away from Vic Fangio, gives up six touchdowns. Now, again, he wasn't good in 2019. In fact, that was his lowest overall grade, but that was largely because of his run defense was so low. It was the only year, again, he gave up no touchdowns. He still had three pass breakups. So maybe, again, Vic Fangio, similar scheme to what we're running over here. So maybe they look at that and go, he did a decent job in 2019. That's basically with you know with what Fangio was doing. Plus, it's his first year here's something else to consider. And I'm not trying to make a ton of excuses, but you can see where there's enough question marks to where you can say, let's just try it. 2018, he's got one team he's playing with, right? One coach, defensive coordinator, et cetera. 2019, Vic comes in, installs his stuff, his defense, all that kind of stuff. He has to learn a whole new thing. Then he gets traded to the Giants. They have their defense, their coach, their scheme, all that. He has to learn that again. So he's had, this is now going to be four years four defensive coordinators. At least, though, he's going to have some understanding because he was with Vic Fangio. He's going to have some understanding of how that particular style of defense works. And I don't know much about the Giants. Maybe they run something similar. Maybe they don't. I don't know. But again, it's at least worth a shot. But that's really all it is. It's just a shot in the dark. It's something to kind of play with and see how it goes. But I don't think the Packers have super high expectations, and I don't think we should either. Um, somebody had reached out and said their buddy's a Giants fan and they're saying we're getting fleeced because Yadam is garbage. We're not getting fleeced. We know he's bad. And by the way, Josh Jackson is also bad. So (laughs) nobody's getting fleeced. Everybody's fully aware of the situation. We're just swapping players, changing scenery, seeing if maybe it's just a better fit. Maybe Josh will have more success over there. Maybe Isaac will have more success over here. Probably not to both. And I think everybody is fully aware of that situation. You know how I know? Because neither team was able to get any compensation for any of these guys. So both teams are fully aware that the value on these players is very low. Everybody's fully aware. Nobody got fleeced. It's not a big deal. But it's always exciting when the Packers, you know, actually do stuff. So that's cool. Something else that popped up well, two days ago that I forgot to mention on this year podcast. The Packers working out former Texans wide receiver Damon Hazelton. Again, I don't think... Anything came of that? Uh, I don't think anything necessarily will come of that. As well as wide receiver Darvin Kidsey and former Tennessee and Central Michigan quarterback Quinton Dormandy. Now again, there's not a whole lot of reason to read into all this. Um, Again, I, I feel like we're kind of settled in and nothing materialized with any of these guys. But it's also important to remember they're always doing this. And they're going to continue to do this. And, and especially since everybody had to do cutdowns, they're also looking at all the guys that got cut on other teams. And they're probably making phone calls like, hey, you want to come to Green Bay? And then they may bump some of the guys that we have out. So we don't have to read too much into it. I mean, you can if you want. Obviously, they they came out and said, because Jordan Love is injured, we want to work out some quarterbacks just so we have some other guys that can play. Rodgers obviously isn't going to play. Jordan Love probably isn't going to play. And they're probably thinking, we don't really want, it's not even just that we don't want one guy taking a whole game, we don't have anybody else on the roster that can even suit up if he ends up getting hurt. We're going to have to have Randall Cobb at quarterback, so they got to bring in some other guys. So again, it doesn't mean that it's nothing, it might be something. But um, we don't need to read too much into it, because they're always just bringing guys in, and sometimes it's not about position, right? Well, we worked out two wide receivers, they must hate our wide receivers, or whatever the, the theory is. Could just be as simple as, I mean, remember, they have lists. They got lists of guys that they saw something in. They A lot of these undrafted free agents, remember, when the draft ends, they start making phone calls and phone calls and phone calls and phone calls. And some of these guys, they really, really like, but they decide, I'm going to go over here. So imagine your number one undrafted free agent is Damon Hazleton, let's just say. And he's like, no, I think I'm going to go to Seattle. Dang it, right? So you keep going through and you get the guys you get and you miss the guys you miss. But you still have your list. And so if Seattle cuts, and I know it was the Texans, not Seattle, I'm just making up scenarios, scenarios here, but if they decide we're going to let this guy go because it's not panning out or just because whatever, that's when you're going to be like, dude, that guy that we really liked is available. Call him up. So they call him, they're like, hey man, uh, we still interested if you want to come on to I, and so he comes on by. They always wanted to check the guy out, and now they get an opportunity, and either it works out or it doesn't work out. But... They're always trying to bring as many guys in, and this happens even during the regular season. They got guys that they're bringing in, they're trying, they're playing, they're swapping out guys on practice squad, this guy gets let go, this guy gets put on the practice squad, this guy gets shifted up, this guy goes down, all this kind of stuff. They do a good job, and remember, we've had a lot of guys that have contributed that have come in through those means. We've had fullbacks, we've had wide receivers, legitimate contributors like Alan Lazard that just kind of get picked up. So, and, and look, if it's, a, if it's a statistical thing, it just makes sense. If you say, most of these guys are a bust, all right, that's fine. How often do one of these guys materialize? Uh, one in 50 times. It would behoove you to try to bring 50 guys in at some point. 50 different guys work them out. Because if you do that, every year, on average, you're going to have one guy that sticks. Anyways, um, I, I feel like today's going to be kind of a short day. It's getting kind of late here and I'm kind of caught up on the newsy news. So why don't we go ahead and take a break right here? As always, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. I did open up a new Pick'em League. Let me check that out real quick. I don't have time for that. I'm just curious how many people are in there now. I think I will. But there we go. It's filling up. So this is all just for patrons. It's on CBS. You pick your favorite team. Probably do a giveaway for this. Haven't really thought it through. Somebody reached out and they're like, hey, I want in that pick'em and pool. And I'm like, yeah, I, I should probably set that up, huh? So then I set it up and I uh, put a link out, et cetera, et cetera. But looks like, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, a little, 40 15 people thus for. Kind of a decent amount. But when you factor in, we've got 240 patrons. Let's let's get it going. So if you are a patron and that's any tier, you don't have to be a special tier. Any tier will do. Um, there is a link available for you. By the way, I completely hate to be a jerk, but if you do jump off Patreon, depending on how lazy I'm feeling, I may go in and kick you out of the group. Because it's for patrons, and that's just how that works. You can downgrade if you want, but there's also a good op- good chance that if you leave, i just be too lazy to do it, but it's it's up to you to try it if you want to try it. So maybe see if you're winning first, and if not, then you can jump off, because you're not going to win anyways. <laughs> Special, awesome, great, super-duper thank you to... Mr. Alex Couch, who I think jumped off and jumped back on. So welcome back, I believe. Could be wrong about that, but I'm thinking that's the situation. As well as Pedro... Oh boy. Pedro Magales. Magales. I'm going with Magales. Pedro Magales. Thank you very, very much for jumping in. Pedro is the second person that jumped on and then asked me if I was doing a... If there was another opening for fantasy football. Again, as of right now, we're all full up. Only two people have asked, so I don't think I'm going to do a third league. I may do that, but again, I'm just, I feel like I'm really spreading myself kind of thin if I do that. But I'm leaving that door open. We'll see how it goes. And I just realized I never responded to them, so I'm going to do that real quick. But uh, I'll do that during the break. Uh, We'll take a break and we'll be right back. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. As well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arena club.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. Ten percent off a four hundred dollar slab pack. That's forty bucks right there. Anyways, that's arena club.com slash packdaddy for ten percent off your first purchase. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, check. So I want to start off with a question here, and actually this is from quite a while ago, and I wanted to address it, but it was so fluid um, that it was hard to kind of keep up with it and get it in a timely manner, but now is not actually a terrible time to uh, answer this question. This comes from Scott on Patreon, I believe. He says, Hey Ryan, love the podcast. Uh, question, your recapping Packers press conferences podcast touched on LaFleur discussing Stokes' training camp and chalk, uh, training camp stout struggles. Let's slow it down because you're a four-year-old dummy. He didn't write that. I, I, he might have, I don't know. And chalked it up to going against the best of the best in 12 and 17. As mentioned, he has struggled against pretty much everyone. Have you seen or heard any training camp buzz on how the other first-round cornerbacks are performing, i.e. Patrick Sertain, Sertan. Right? I think somebody else was saying Certain and they were saying it wrong, but maybe, I don't know. I, I don't know, remember. JC Horn, Caleb Farley, et cetera. Well, um, I, I did have an answer to this and I have articles and everything else, but the problem is then they have training camp the next day and the next day and the next day and all that stuff. And so these things change, and as I said, they're fluid, but we can look at how they did in preseason. Now, as many of you probably have heard by now, Patrick Sertan did have a very good day. And not only did he have a very good day, it was a dominant performance out of, I know you said first round cornerbacks only, but we might as well look at, uh, well, we won't go to all these guys. We will look at first round guys, but, uh, there's quite a few more here that we can talk about and we'll touch on some of the the more prominent guys, but we've got, why did it not get me the number ever anymore? I got to do the sorting. Okay. 53, uh, 2021 corners played. So that's one round one through seven and undrafted free agents. Um, There were 12 that had 70 overall grades or higher. There were only three that had 80 overall grades or higher. Only one was in the 90s. So the second highest was Marco Wilson in Arizona had an 83 overall grade. Patrick Sertan, 94.8. Now, listen, small sample size, preseason game, 20 snaps. I don't want to take away from it, but who is the guy in Miami now? think it was Miami maybe it was it might have been Jacksonville yeah CJ Henderson so CJ Henderson was a first round pick I think they took him earlier than people were expecting CJ Henderson right out of the gate I think week one and through the preseason this guy was dominant 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 by the end of the year he was considered a scrub and already this year they're looking to trade him that was the rumor anyways. so things change very rapidly And things still can change. But as of right now, Patrick Sertan has had nothing but glowing remarks, had a great preseason, uh, two targets, zero receptions, one interception, one pass breakup. So that's not, they don't do the same thing. So if you get an interception, they don't say, well, that's also a pass breakup. No, no, no. They're different things. So he was targeted twice. Once was a pass breakup. Once was an interception. I believe he took that to the house also, if I'm not mistaken. I believe he scored a touchdown on that. That's pretty crazy, and it's going to be hard to ever replicate that or duplicate that, but so far, that guy's on another level. Um, As far as continuing on down the line with guys that you may have heard or not, um, Sean Wade was graded 7th overall, 76.3 overall grade. Uh, He is with the Baltimore Ravens. I'm assuming he played in the slot almost entirely because that was the whole thing with him. Otherwise, I'm scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Some of these names stick out, but I don't think they got drafted early. Like, I definitely remember Trill Williams, but he went actually undrafted. Kelvin Joseph was a second-round pick, so we'll go with that. He was 25th overall with a 61 overall grade. 31st is Mr. Shamar Jean Charles uh, with the Green Bay Packers. I don't know if you've heard of him. 57.9 overall, which, again not super great, but it is what it is. Asante Samuel was right after that at 32nd with a 55.9 overall grade. Two spots below that is Eric Stokes with a 55.4 overall grade. Effeti Malfonwu is 35th with a 53 overall grade. Uh, Richie Grant, who was a second-round pick by the Falcons, 49.9. He was 42nd out of 53. Tyson Campbell, who was Eric Stokes' counterpart at Georgia, was actually, where did he go? I lost him 43rd with a 48 overall grade. Paulson Adebo, where did he even get drafted? He was a third round pick, but for a while he was considered a first round guy. 45th overall, forty six overall grade. Greg Newsom, who a lot of people really, really liked and wanted the you know Packers, whatever. Uh, 49th, 44 overall grade. Again, doesn't mean, you know, don't go out slam dunking in everybody's face. That was real excited about uh, Mr. Greg Newsom who ended up going in the first round, I think just shortly before the Packers, if I'm not mistaken. Otherwise, J.C. Horn, uh, I don't believe, is playing. I believe he's injured right now. So basically, as far as first-round draft picks go, Patrick Sertan obviously is doing fantastic. Everybody else is still working out the kinks. And that's to be expected, you know? And, and again, it is it is pretty good expect... Uh, exp- what? What am I saying? Sometimes the words that just pop into my... Head, like, I'm just trying to flow through a sentence, and my brain's like, just just throws a word in there like what is that just just finds a word on the side of the road and like here I'm just throw this in the truck what what is who is this it's like that time in college when I let a homeless guy sleep with us stay with us for a while I don't know if he was homeless or not so all right since it's gonna be a short episode anyways now I don't remember things too good but somehow some way for some reason I was at a tavern in Whitewater as I did frequently and almost got into a fight with a couple of, like, uh, you know, the long-haired 80s metalhead-looking guys. I don't know why. Don't know what it was about. I just remember I didn't like them. They didn't like me. And it, we were actually walking back and, like, yelling at each other across the street. Somehow it transitioned from that to this guy needs a place to live. And I offered him to live with us. <laughs> <laughs> and so we just, we had, a like, a homeless guy uh, living with us. And my roommates were super mad at me about that. I remember he actually paid us one time in like a can of beans. He like left it on the counter and was like, here you go, man. This is for letting me stay here. Anyways, long story short, my roommate uh, lost his CDs, got mad and said, you got to throw them out. And so I did. But I had a real good day with him. The one time I made like an 80s metal band playlist, you know, like rat and stuff. And I was just playing it casual, like, like, oh yeah, man, you want to hang out or whatever. And so we just sat upstairs, and I'm like, I'm just going to throw on this playlist. And, of course, he's up there headbanging. He's like, you guys are awesome, man. And I was like, yeah, I know. It's just little stuff. You know, we actually had another guy sleep in a closet there for a while. He was actually friends with all of us, but it was still funny because we threw parties at our house all the time. So there was, like, on the first level, there was kind of like a closet and there's just a curtain there. So every once in a while, one of the people would kind of peek their head in there, and they're like, who's that guy? And they're like, oh, yeah, that's the dude. We just called him the dude. He had a name, and we all knew his name, but it was just. Funnier to call him the dude, and he'd kind of come out once in a while, I'd be like, you know, he'd introduce himself as the dude. It was it was a good it was a good thing. We had a good thing. College was fun, man. College was a good time. Took absolutely nothing seriously, zero responsibility. I actually, had a lot of responsibility, but I didn't care about them. So it's kind of like having zero responsibility. Don't do anything that I'm telling you, by the way. If you're in college or planning on going to college, because you spend the rest of your life paying for it and regretting it. But it was, it was a fun couple of years while I was there. Anyways, what are we talking about? It's good perspective, you know? Looking at all these fellas and their failures. <laughs> I, thought, I thought Stokes did an okay job. Do we? I don't know if we ever actually went over what he did. He didn't play a ton, 13 snaps, actually primarily run defense snaps. He was only in coverage six times, so he got a 52 coverage grade on six snaps. Probably based on a ratio in which you're out there in coverage six times and you were targeted once, and that was caught. So it's 100% reception percentage. It's how many snaps per target, how many snaps per reception. All these things come in together and probably give you that lower kind of a grade. But overall, one target, one reception for four yards is not the end of the world. 83.3 passer rating when targeted, whatever. But Bottom line is we need to see more opportunities for Eric Stokes before we ever have any idea what's going on with any of these guys. Anyways, I hate to be that guy. It's going to be real short, but I do want to look at one other thing, and then we're going to get out of here because I got to get going. Uh, We didn't look at special teams at all. I I just thought about it because I was perusing Twitter for whatever reason, and I saw a little clip pop up of Innes Gaines doing a fantastic job fighting through a double team. He gets through, and then he ends up making the tackle, and the guy goes head over heels, just flipping like a cartwheel. Innis Gaines did grade out very well. Henry Black, by the way, highest graded special teamer. We did look at like punting, kicking stuff, but special teams is incredibly important. Shame on me for not even looking at it. For a lot of these guys trying to make the squad, this is where you need to be. Henry Black, number one, great for him. Um, He only played eight snaps, once on kick coverage, four on uh, punt coverage, three on field goal block. And the reason that's interesting is because field goal block obviously is, is a separate deal, but uh, kick coverage, punt coverage, five opportunities to get down the field. And on those five opportunities, he had two tackles. So think about all those guys. What are the odds that on five of them, he makes two of those tackles? Kudos to him. In his gains again. Um, he had, let's see, he had 17 opportunities. He was out there quite a bit, but only once on kick coverage, twice on punt coverage. He was on, a, he was doing a lot of punt return work. So blocking and all that, but he also had his tackle Ray Willborn, uh, was third with a 70 overall grade. He also had a tackle. Reggie Bagleton was uh, fourth, and Oren Burks was fifth. So kudos to those gents. I might as well go with um, Malik Taylor, also was sixth. Shamar Jean Charles, Bronson Kalfusi, et cetera, et cetera. Everybody else is mostly average. Pretty much everybody gets an average grade if you kind of just don't do anything. You know, if you're just kind of out there and you run down the field or whatever, you have to either do something really good or really bad to kind of move the needle any which way. So it's mostly all average. Those guys I listed were above average, I would say, from Malik, Taylor, up. So Malik, Oren, Begelton, Wilborn, Ennis Gaines, and Henry Black, especially Henry Black, solid. And then some guys that really didn't do themselves any favors, we'll say uh, kind of from 55 down. Um, Eric Stokes, 38th, don't really care because I have no, no desire for him to be on special teams. Um, Patrick Taylor was a 53 overall uh chauncey rivers who is kind of making a name for himself as a pass rusher so he might be okay not necessarily regular uh you know i I think at the very least he's going to be a practice squad guy uh jonathan garvin uh 52 overall grade jay sternberger don't care dominique martin with a 50 overall grade and then jeez i'm so tired of this i really hate this but this is getting to be a regular occurrence hunter bradley our long snapper was 44th i don't know what he's doing wrong um, looks like he had a missed tackle. He's he's one of uh, two people, Shamar Jean Charles and Hunter Bradley had missed tackles. He was our second lowest graded guy, and that happens quite frequently, which is upsetting. And then Tipogalea, um, 29.7 overall grade. He was, for some reason, and there's no statistics here to show exactly what he did wrong. However, he did have one penalty, which obviously you're going to get dinged for, for that pretty heavy. But he had one penalty, so nothing super fancy there. But I think the biggest things here, Henry Black and Innis Gaines, guys that have been doing great in training camp. I think they both had really good um, preseason games, especially Innis Gaines, and both of them standing out on uh, special teams. I think both of these guys have solidified their spot on the active roster. Obviously they're not starter starters as far as, you know, being out there with the number ones, but, um, I think they're going to be on the 53. I think they're going to be probably special teamers and in a pinch, I think they're going to get their shot. So, um, I don't want to congratulate them too early, but they have been kind of lights out this entire process. So anyways, again, very short episode. I apologize for that, but it's, it's 8-11, and I can hear the children deteriorating upstairs, and I can feel through uh, the floor slash my ceiling my wife's displeasure that I'm not up there helping her with the pandemonium. So I do need to get going. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. We've got uh, Jets and Packers joint practices, I believe, or excuse me, today, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Today it's going on for you, I'm so tired of that. I miss the morning podcast. Everything just made sense in the world. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.